Sarah. Welcome to Freedom Decoded. We're Demir and Carrie Bentley. We're the founders of lifehackmethod.com. Professionally, we show people how to get time back, how to get more freedom and ease in their schedule. And the purpose of this podcast is sort of to let our hair down a little bit, though, and talk about what's exciting to us, uh, what conversations we're having behind the scenes. And today is going to be a great one because it's that time of year. We're going to be doing our year in review, talking about how our entire year of 2021 went and what we're learning from it. Time to get honest. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm giving letting our hair down like a completely new That's true. You're, you're making, it, <laughs> really, making it literal. Really letting the hair down. Um, yeah. So last month we did a 12 personal commandments, which was really nested into this concept of clearing the space psychologically, mentally to plan. And I think a lot of people miss that. They just jump into the planning without like setting the stage. So if you didn't see that podcast, go back and check that out because I think it really is important. I've learned really over the years, super important to set the right stage for planning. But here we are where we're doing the planning. Now, a second thing that people miss. So if the first thing they miss is <laughs> mentally being ready to do this, I think the second thing they miss is learning the lessons. Right. You know, like this, this is something that like people just be like, future. And it's like, well, well, well did you learn a lesson? I think it's, it makes sense because sometimes it can be painful to look back on your year so because there's like bad things that happened. So you don't want to like, look at that. You want to think positive, think like new year, new you, you know, all that it's stuff. Like, let's but, cut off the past and toss it into the sea and like not goodbye. even look at it, wave goodbye and then try to move boldly into the future. And believe me, oh my God, I get that. Like that, that was like my modus operandi for so long, but like, you know, it's so cheesy, but it's so true that that a failure learned from isn't a failure. Yeah. And and that's – it's so – but there's two sides to this. One is, yes, there's things that you could have done better. And if you learn from them, it means you don't have to make those mistakes in 2022. But also, you probably did a lot of things right. And I can't tell you how many people will do something right and for lack of really processing it from the subconscious to the conscious, for lack of really making it a conscious realization, this works for me. I need to keep doing this. People will fall off of something that's working for them and then look back years later and be like, why am I not doing that thing? That right. really worked for me when I that did that. Worked. When I think about it, that thing did really work. Yeah, when yeah. I was why doing did it? I ever stop doing that? Right. Is it because you never really learned the lesson of like, oh, this works for me. I need to keep doing this. Right, exactly. So that's this is sort of like the initial steps of our annual pre-planning that we have all of our clients do is this year in review process. And yeah. it, it sort of has a couple key stages. Um, for us, because we're business owners, we do it in two sections. We talk about our business wins and losses, and we talk about our personal wins and losses. It could just as easily be career wins and losses if you're working for somebody else. So don't feel excluded if you have a job for somebody else. It's just about like in the business realm, in the career realm, wins, losses, personal wins, losses. Then we talk about um, things we want to start doing, we want to stop doing in the next year. Um, we set a definite chief aim. We create a vision. We start to create a leverage ladder. And then we we finalize it with sort of designing our ideal week for the year. We're not going to do close to all of that process here. We're just going to talk about um, our year in review. So that first tiny step. But right. for those of you who are in Lifehack Tribe, um, you must, must, must. I mean, I really, I, there's very few things I put my foot down on. But you must join us for the annual pre-planning process because it is just such a fundamental way to reset. And it really isn't the same if you do it in like July, right? I mean, you can say, oh, just do it anytime. And when you do it together with the whole group, it's really powerful. Yep. Um, 
If you're interested in this process um, and you like what you hear today and you want to learn more, you can check us out at Lifehack Tribe. We'll drop a link in the description where you can get one week for $1. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, so why don't we start, right? Let's start and show them what you're in review. It's, by the way, I want to be clear. We have like a list of 30 business wins and losses. So we are not going to go through all of those. We are going to cherry pick the ones that felt like they were the most potent. So why don't you get us kicked off? Okay, great. So I think um, for me, the biggest uh, business win, uh, the goal for the for 2021 was to get our book written. We actually had said it written and published. We have we have gotten the book written. Yes. The book is not published. The publishing, even though we're self-publishing, is going to be taking a little bit longer than we expected. However, I put it as a win because it's like, dude, we wrote a book. Yeah. Hello, like yeah. it's huge win. Um, and it actually, we not only wrote the book, but we got it done in way less time than we thought. Not overall like time, time, just that it didn't take up as much of our week as we thought it was going to take up. Yes. Like we are still able to run and actually grow our business in a huge, huge way this year and this, still have time to write the book. This is so fundamental. We assumed that we would flatline our growth this year because we would be so distracted writing the book. And we assumed that for each of us, it would require roughly eight to 10 hours Times two, right? So like 20 hours per week to write the book. It has ended up taking like half to one third of that amount of time to write a book, which in and of itself is such a huge lesson. Like, wow, these big things actually take far less time than you think they do as, as long as you keep plugging away on them. Yeah. Um, and, and also that we were able to keep growing the business. I mean, that's... In a huge way. Yeah. Like we did that and we actually even launched... Uh, three new courses in the past year. Yeah, so this was not a, we we sort of thought it was going to be a year where it was like, don't commit to anything, clear the decks, All it's only going to be writing the book. And, and actually we realized you can get a lot of big things done as long as you're being super consistent about plugging away at it. So that's my big lesson from this win. Um, and, and, and I think this is a good moment to stop and say, you know it's a good lesson when you can tell that it applies to other things besides that specific thing. So if the lesson was, we can write a book. Right, that's not okay, really. That's like, okay, that's a good lesson. Maybe later we can write another book. But I think a better lesson is something that's generalizable to other big things you want to do in your life. Like, oh, wow, what are the other things that I've been putting on like book status? Yes. Like, oh, I would have to have a whole year cleared out completely. And now part of me is like, no, I don't have to have a whole year cleared out completely. Like, It's right. starting to make me think that other big things we want to do are closer within reach. Totally. Totally agreed. So what's one of your favorite business wins? Um, let me just look at some. I mean, I, I love them all, so it's hard to choose. I mean, I have to give you some credit here. I mean, I really feel that we crack the code with the top of the funnel. Um, and and for those of you who are not like insiders and like internet marketing. marketing and blah, blah, blah. I mean, first of all, you're lucky if you don't have to deal with that stuff. But, um, you know, Carrie, I have to acknowledge her just did something so, so hard. Like there's very few projects that don't pay off for like five years. I mean, imagine working on something where you were getting such small incremental gains for like five years and huge setbacks. And then you would sort of move forward and then huge setback and move forward. And then finally, after like five years, you finally like started to see the results you were looking for in like year one. I mean, that's like... It, the credit I have, it's like build, building the pyramids of Giza, you know, like it just feels it's like this huge, dramatic. no, it feels like this huge delayed gratification it is, and like yeah. a consistent um, focus on like, hey, even if I'm not getting the reward that I want, and I, just to be clear, we were getting rewards the entire time. So it wasn't like, 
oh, we were getting punched in the face for five years and then we got this big reward. But it really felt like the things that we were gunning for did take a lot longer yes. to get, but they were worth it. And Carrie kept saying the whole time, yes, but the question isn't whether we're getting the result that we want or not, or is it getting, or are we getting it fast enough? The question is, is this the right thing to be working on? If yes, continue working on it. And and so I just got to acknowledge you, like what an incredible lesson in like patience and finding your leverage point and sticking to it, even when, you know, it took longer than you wanted. Although in fairness, I'm making a big deal of that. We did set purposefully low expectations. Right. Um, and That's I'm glad key. we did. That's because, key, people. <laughs> yeah, because like if we hadn't, we would have like gotten frustrated and quit a long time ago. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like sort of building on shifting sands because even as you're changing and evolving as a business, the consumer and the customer is evolving and the algorithm is changing and and so you just have to be like on your toes. And that's where it comes back to our personal commandment of stay thirsty. Yeah. Because I acknowledge even now, like we, we had a really great year at the top of the funnel. It does not mean next year is going to be good. Yes. So it's like, all right, time to stay thirsty, time to keep at it. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely excited and motivated to continue that in 2022. Do you want to do one more business win? Okay. All right. We'll do a quick one. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think the redesign of the Lifehack Tribe website, we, we did a whole, basically yeah. a whole redesign of our members site. Um, and that really improved the user experience. I, I think something that I'm proud of with that is it wasn't necessarily something people were asking for directly. Yes. And that's key, I think, as business owners is you have to almost see what could be, even if people aren't actually asking for it. Yeah, it's an answer, isn't it? Because like on one hand, you can go down that rabbit hole and start building things that nobody cares about. Right. Yeah, you have to you... build things people actually care about. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're actively asking for it because they might not have the time to think how it could be different. Yeah, right? isn't it? That there's that dance between you have to listen to what they're saying. Yeah but also intuit what they might not be saying or what they might value that they don't know about. Like nobody knew that they wanted an iPhone until the iPhone was out, you know, and then everybody had to have it. Right. So, so I thought it was a great, it was a great move in, you know, here's my lesson for this. And I want to hear your lesson. My lesson was I see a lot of people investing too soon, right? Or over-investing where they're like, our website has to be sexy. We actually lived with a website that was less sexy than we wanted it to be oh, yeah. for a long yes. time. This is the seventh, seven iteration on our website, just to give you some perspective on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I think there was a patience there of like, you know, learning, like trying the best that we could ourselves before we invested in like hiring big guns to make it. And I feel like that whole process like helped us get closer to what we thought the website should be. Right. But I will say, wow, when they when we did hire the big guns and they came in, they didn't just make what we made sexier. They actually brought a lot of value that yeah that I didn't some, think they some, would. Some user experience value because the content was there, and that's why our customers stayed with us. Was we have good content and they got value from that. But it's like I want people to just enjoy the process of being on our website at this point. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we're closer, not by no means finished, but closer to getting there. Um. So that's a big win from 2021. Cool, cool. Shall we move into business losses? This is where wah, you really wah. need to get. This list went so long that we had to like cut ourselves off. Not because it was a bad year. Actually, it was a tremendous year. It's just that it's so much easier to think about the losses, isn't it? It's like they're so present to you. Yeah. You know? Or you bury them so deep that you're like, where did I bury you? It's like, I didn't want to think about that at all. So I buried it deep in my subconscious, you know? So yeah, that's a weird part of this. Uh, do, you, do you have a loss that jumps out at you? 
Yeah. I mean, I think um, the one that comes to mind that's sort of like biggest is like we had this one partnership that went really sour. Oh, uh, we, we, we chased this person so much to try if we thought it was going to be this awesome partnership. And it ended up just being like this huge flop, not necessarily in terms of results, but just in terms of like we didn't like working with this person. Um, and he wasn't who he represented himself to be. That was the worst part. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it's sort of like I think the lesson that I'm learning from that is like, if you get even like a whiff of sort of like douchiness, yeah. so it's just like run the opposite way. Like it's just not worth it. It's not know? worth it. Yeah. And there's, oh man, I, yeah. If, if they seem douchey, they are. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, we were saying if they, if they're standing in front of a rented, uh, Lambo. like a race car, like, you know, or a Lamborghini or something like run, run the other way. Um, yeah, we, I think this was one of those cases where, where there were red flags all over the field and we were ignoring it because we, you know, had stars in our eyes. And so many people were like, you have to work with this person. It's going to change the game for your business, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and it was and like, it was no, just it like, was not game changing. No. Yeah. And the funny thing is like, we, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to bite my tongue and say, that's the lesson. There we go. That's the le- and yeah. I think actually there's a, you know, the silver lining is like, we've actually been able to structure the business in such a way that we're less reliant on partnerships. Yeah. Like I love partnering with really good people and that's who I want to present to our community, yeah. but not because we have to, Yes. just because we want to. Yes. And so that's the only people I'm okay. putting in front of our email list now. Here's what I'll say. This reminds me of a lesson that I learned uh, maybe it was last year or a couple of years ago, but I, I was chasing friends. Like I had this conception of like, I want to be friends with these types of people or this type of person. And it felt like it was a huge waste of time. But also whenever I landed one of these friends, they really weren't good friends at all. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I had this moment where I was like, I need to reconsolidate around the people who want to be friends with me and like get excited about the people who want to be friends with me rather than chasing these elusive friends who just like, and I felt like that with this partnership where it was like, we've got these amazing partners we love so much who our clients love, but we, I don't know, I'll just speak for myself, got it into my head that we needed to work with this other partner. And it just felt like, it felt like it was a stretch too far. And 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 in order to stretch, to gap that distance, like we ignored a bunch of things that we shouldn't have ignored, you know? Uh, yeah. And it, it leaves me thinking. It really me- leaves me realizing how great our current partners were and what what was why did I feel that we needed more? We- well, it's because people tell you and you see like the you get a you know sort of like how do you say that like um stars in your eyes or you, you get entranced by things like the size of their email list or they brag yeah. about like the number of sales they do each year Which, or by whatever. By the way, all of that is inflated. And- it's totally inflated, but you don't know that. You yeah. don't know that. And so then you're like, well, they're doing a lot better than me. Like, it's obviously going to benefit me to work with them, right? Yeah. And the answer now we know is no. Yes. So like, but we didn't really know that. I mean, I think as long as we learn the lesson <laughs> this time, then yeah. I think we're good. But it, this actually goes into a lesson that I think we keep. So so I'll, I'll take this to a tangent a little bit. This goes to a lesson that I think we keep learning over and over again, which was that we had considered moving to like one of the centers of like internet marketing, like San Diego right. or Austin. And I'm so glad that we didn't like. We keep learning over and over again that sort of isolating ourselves from from the other gurus in the space has actually really helped us not catch the like diseases that are running rampant of like bad salesmanship, like offering low value. Like there's a lot of things that we do that a lot of our clients will come to us and say, oh, I've never seen that from other people. Or like we had a coach who was like, you guys are giving too much value yeah. to your clients. Like you should be charging more. You need to give them less. Like 
there's like we haven't caught a lot of that mentality because we sort of live here in Colombia and we've sequestered ourselves away. And I just keep learning over and over again that whenever I've listened back into that, when I've tuned back into that voice, it's always led us astray. And I'm glad that we like sort of keep ourselves in this bubble where we just tune into our own like sort of unique little ideas. I'm so done with that now. I'm so, <laughs> and by the way, no, shout out to all of our amazing, lovely friends yes. in the space, Ron Reich, like all the Joe, people. like yeah. amazing, high quality, lovely people who march to the beat of their own. Like, so there's good people out there, but like, as you can imagine. For every one good one. There's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple bad ones. So, um, what, so what's your business loss that you want to highlight? Um, you know, I think, gosh, it's like almost like, what do I choose from here? Really? Um, <laughs> I would say uh, the meetings course launch that didn't go well. And the reason I choose that one was because I think that course is so kick-ass. Like, right. I know that course is like so meaty. So I think we were just surprised. That like when we like we were like da 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 like and we'd we'd heard from our clients like meetings are killing me like we worked the marketing we worked the messaging um, I mean like we, we worked the content so hard like I just was surprised that it didn't go it was not a flop by any stretch of the imagination but it just I thought it was going to be like our best course and then, again this is where expectations come in like without knowing it I had built this huge expectation. So that even though we got a decent result from it, I was underwhelmed because I had this idea in my yeah. head that it was going to perform like better than anything else we had. Right. So I think lesson number one was like, oh, there's expectations again, like crawling up because it didn't do badly. But I somehow had this idea in my head that it didn't go well because I had this like sky high expectation for it. Um, and uh, before I give my second lesson, I want to hear what, what, what you might have learned from that uh, one. No, I think it's just that like because – I am not like some kind of marketing genius, you know, it's it, even though I know our client really well at this point and I've launched a ton of successful courses, it just goes to show that you just have to keep working it. It's a yeah. very delicate balance of what is the offer? What is the price point? What is the content? Like what are the, you know, bonuses and the, the extra value that you're providing with it? It all has to work, but you don't actually know. You're not solving just for X. You're solving for like X, Y, Z, W, and V at the same time. Yeah. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Like you're trying to get all the pieces together You kind of have to time. guess and then like re-guess. And I think eventually it'll click into place. Well, and this is almost the lesson that we learned from the Asana course is that the Asana course didn't do well the first time we released it. But then in between the first and second release, like we went, we had an opportunity to go back and- Well, actually the Asana course did really well on the launch. Um, but, and so I was actually afraid that when I opened it for enrollment again, it wouldn't do well. Yeah. Because I thought like, I was like, because of the way I had marketed okay. it the okay. first time, yeah. I couldn't redo those same methods. I had yeah. to try something different. Yeah. And then when I relaunched it, it actually performed even, even better. better. Yeah. 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 So I was like, whoa, okay, cool. Now but I'm, you did do a lot of work. And I think I did a lot of my, work, my yeah. only point was that like it's not in the almost everything that we've learned in our business. The first time we tried anything, it was not like tremendous, right? Yeah. It, it's just like you know, you get a result, you learn from the result. So like, just it sort of reconnects me to this idea of like incrementalism, like in everything in life, just like incrementalism. Don't expect a silver bullet. Don't expect a one and done. It's it's all part of the process. And I I feel like we've already made some changes that mean like the next launch is going to go well, but watch out. That's an expectation for me. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see yeah, how it goes. We'll We're opening see. enrollment for that course in January. Cool. Um, let's move on. Yeah. One more. Wait. No, no. Let's move on to personal wins. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to personal wins then. Uh, what do you think? Um, okay. Let's see. I definitely think 
the work that we've put into our own personal self-development in terms of learning more about nonviolent communication and ISF this year has been like tremendous. IFS, just to be clear, IFS. IFS. I clearly need to Internal Family Systems. That acronym for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to, sorry, micro correction. Um, Why? Let me, let me, let me ask you why. I mean, I think especially as we're learning how to like live with now our daughter and running a business together. And we ended up buying another apartment and doing like a huge kitchen renovation this year. It's like put a lot of strain on our communication. It's like, you know what I mean? Like I think even little communications are important when you're in a partnership like we are in, like we have to make sure. And of course our, our needs and our wants are, are ever changing and our expectations of each other too. And our personality is changing. Yeah. So know. I think being able to reach each other in a way that can be received and and communicate is like so crucial to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to get too much into the weeds, but for the very, like we've always been the kind of couple that was like finishing each other's sentences, like always like, you know, so aligned on like what we were going to do. And I think after we had Gigi, it was the first time that we, lost that magic it was like like i didn't know what you were thinking and and the the scariest part of it to me was that we would have moments where we weren't communicating that i could tell that we were both trying our best like both digging as deep as we could go and not that's when i got really scared and we were still missing each other yeah it wasn't like i thought oh carrie's just being arrogant here or like not trying to understand me it's like no i could be like we are trying here our hardest and we weren't reaching each other and so uh, to have reached out to, go, to get that help, you know, we, we ended up learning nonviolent communication and internal family systems through a coach um, who was just tremendous. Um, and the results were so powerful and, and actually happened blessedly fast. Like, I may, you know, mileage may vary, so I can't make any guarantees for any <laughs> other couple. But for us, it felt like it was almost from the very first conversation, we started seeing relief. And then I think what was so special to me is like, I don't think you ever notice when you lose some of that, like, excitement from the beginning of the relationship, that sort yeah. of like, the tickles in your stomach and stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, there's never a moment where you're like, oh, no. But like, when you feel it again, you certainly go, oh, there's that thing. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't remember that. Like, that's definitely, I remember that from the beginning of the relationship. And so we went from a place where we really turned the frown upside down and it felt like we had, we were high-fiving more than ever. Like, I, like, I just felt giddy about you. Like, I mean, this sounds like a flex, like, oh, I'm so, like, in love with my wife. But I think I was fair in saying that we were, like, not in a great place, right? Yeah. And so to be able to turn that around and get that kind of result was a huge personal win. I'm just so tremendous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what's your favorite personal win? I mean, I think that we downsized help around the house. Um, yeah. We're going to, you probably hear us talk a lot about this in the next 6 to 12 months. So apologies in advance. But, um... We, hyper short version, we found ourselves in a place where living in Colombia, there were, you know, and our business doing well. I mean, those two things happening meant that our costs got cut by like one quarter, but then even as our income went up beyond what it had even been in the United States, which effectively means that here in Colombia, we're in the top 1%, oh, right? Oh, definitely. We're like super rich yeah. for Colombia, right? Um, which means that there's no limit to the house. Like I, we could have five ninnies, we could have two cooks. Like, you know, there's, the only limit becomes like, you start to get so many people in your house. You're just like, what the heck? And and quite the opposite of this being a flex, I what I wanted to share with people is like, hey, I know that you think 
that the dream is just to make a ton of money and just have enough, have a ton of hands like helping you. And I can tell you right now, believe it or not, sincerely, it's not like there is a point. Nobody understands the cost of household. They think the cost is just the money. The cost right? of household. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and it's really like people not doing it right, even though you gave them the right direction. Um, small things like the cook, like you make a, we have a beautiful kitchen and then people disrespect the kitchen and they break stuff and they're just not treating it the way that you would treat it all the way up to just having too many people in the house where you're like, gosh, I just want my house to myself. And you never think about these things. So we, we didn't just get mad and say, okay, we're going to cut it and go back to the old way of doing things and do it all ourselves. We actually, I think to give ourselves the credit, did a much smarter thing, which is how do we get 80% of the value without but with having much less help. So right. small example is that we went from having a full-time cook to just having somebody come in and do food prep once per week. Um, and the change has been dramatic. So even as we're enjoying our life more, we're spending 20% of what we spent before. So we're, we're getting the best of both worlds. I'm huge personal win. Yeah, definitely. We're, yeah, we're spending a lot less and we're we have fewer people in the house, fewer distractions, fewer pulls at our time. Um, so yeah, we just feel happy. And especially since we're going to be starting to go back to traveling some more, yeah. it didn't make sense to have such an overhead on on house help, um, especially as Gigi's getting older and she'll be able to go to an actual daycare or preschool yeah. pretty soon. Um, so yeah, I think that's a huge, huge, huge win personal for us. win. Yeah, yeah. totally. There's nothing win. like saving money and getting a better result. I mean, there's really nothing like that. Um, okay, what so. What about dun, 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 dun. personal losses? Dun, 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 dun. You want to go first or should I? Um, yes. I think uh, the the biggest personal loss, this is going to feel, say, sorry, we kind of struggled to come up with some personal losses. So um, the biggest one I think was we did save a lot of money this year, which was our goal. We didn't save as much as we could have given how much we made. Yes. So now, remember, again, we've set ourselves up in a high margin situation where we have a really low cost of living, living in Colombia. And of course, we make our businesses doing better than ever. So we, you know, so then there's this, there's this gap where we could be saving that and we have these financial freedom goals. Right, exactly. We have really ambitious financial freedom goals. And um, we had a really, really big ambitious savings goal for this year. Um, we fell shy of that savings goal, but we still saved like a ton of money. So it's not like it's a Loss. It's hard to feel bad about. Yeah. It's hard to feel bad about it, but like, but yeah, I think we just have to be keeping an eye on it. Like, we have to make sure that when we are spending money, it's not that we shouldn't spend money. We don't want to be like miserly. It's more just like making sure that if we are spending the money, it's making us happy. Like we're getting yeah. the return that we want. And and you made a point too that was interesting that you were saying that I tend to spend less on certain types. Like I, there's categories that you spend on and categories that I spend on. Yeah, right? they're the totally cat- different. <laughs> yeah, and they're so different. Like so, for example, I, like I, uh, I've spent a lot on a personal trainer. Um, he, I think he's actually really reasonably priced, but yeah. I train with him three three times per week. But that's an investment in my health, right? And so it's it's undeniably well spent. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then, for example, like the things that – like, for example, I wanted to buy an apartment and, and renovate it. But that's like an asset that we're going to be renting out. Right. So it's it's also like it's it like cost a- us money and it, and it is definitely money out the door, but it was, you know, an asset. I think then, – then there's categories where you're like – you've got to say like clothes, travel, Amazon purchases. I think with those, it's just a question of like looking at them and saying, do we feel good about how we spend? And I asked you that. I, I said like – 
if you add it, what's good about mint.com is you can literally go and like add up all of your Oh, it's clothes. you just, just literally see all of it right there. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, do you feel good about it? And you were like, honestly, yes, I do. <laughs> Actually, like I love the clothes that I'm wearing right now. So that's, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's to me, what's important is that you look at it and feel good because the worst thing would be spending, you know, whatever, thousands of dollars on something and then look and be like, ugh. I'm just not getting anything from that. That's when you feel really bad about your spending. Right. Totally. Yeah. I think what we're doing is that by and large, not to say there's not room for improvement, but areas where we're, they'll eventually become cash flowing assets for us okay. or improve our quality of life, like on the health side, all that amazing stuff you're doing for your longevity. Yeah. It's undeniably um, well spent. Yeah. So my personal loss, and this is a hard one because it's hard to, you know, verbalize it, but I think most of the parents out there will get this one, <laughs> is that um, we, our baby was such an angel and then we got into the sort of terrible twos and she hasn't gotten like devilish. It hasn't been like the angel turned into a devil. She's still so sweet and so kind, but she's certainly become more clingy. And then there's a knock-on effect to that, which is that it's just harder for Carrie around the house, you know, harder for Carrie to get things done, harder for Carrie to maintain like sort of mental equilibrium because the baby has gotten into a, a whining thing. Just like everything is like, she'll cry for it first. And yeah. so um, I, I can't say that we did anything wrong or even that the baby's doing anything wrong. Obviously she's just going through a hard time and, and dealing with big emotions. But I would say if I was to think about something that like sort of like slowed us down or felt like a speed bump or it, that would be one of the things I would say on the personal loss category. The problem is there's no real, I don't really know if there's a lesson like. Well, I think the problem is because of the pandemic, we've kept her very close to home. She's yeah. gotten really used to only seeing like me and you and her nanny. Yeah. So I think once she starts going to preschool, she'll start to learn how great it is to play with other kids and to be away from us for a couple yeah. hours a day. And hopefully she'll be a little bit more independent. But I think it's just a, a something like I need to do a little bit more research on maybe and just, and it depends on the every kid is different, right? Yeah. Um, so I also want to enjoy this because I know someday she's going to be like, mom, like, leave me alone, you know, get away. Yeah. So it is, it is, there's nice moments for sure. I haven't, I haven't hated any of it. Um, but yeah, I think it's important for her to be independent just as a person. This actually reminded me of a different part. This is sort of joking, sort of not. My per minor personal loss is um, there was this long extended period where the baby only wanted to take a bath with me. Every single night she grabbed me by the hand. That's over. She doesn't want to take a bath. Right. Well, now, well, now sometimes it's neither me nor you. Now it's like oh, no, I want to take a bath by myself. She's like, no, I don't need daddy in the bath. I want, I want the bath to myself. Right. Um, but that's, I'm yeah, sure yeah, every it, parent can relate. Where it's like, there's this beautiful moment where yeah, this beautiful yeah. thing was happening, and they're like, yeah, then they stop doing that. It's a phase. I think we just have to remember, like, it could just be one more month that she's doing this, and then she completely changes again. So, like, yeah, yeah we got to just enjoy it. It reminds it, the lesson there is like. Dude, enjoy it. If she's doing something you enjoy, like enjoy it while she keeps doing it. Because <laughs> it will invariably end. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. So um, just a couple more things. You know, I, from a vision perspective, I just want to do a quick high five with you. Um, I'm not going to go through all of it. Again, we're going to do this in our workshop. Uh, if you're interested in seeing the whole thing, uh, you can come sign up for Life Hack Tribe. If you're in Tribe, come to our annual pre-planning process. But, um, you know, as I was reading through our vision, um, it was really 99% fulfilled. So just some highlights, like yeah. um, we really focused on finding sustainability and 
quality of life in the business. Like double high five on that. Felt like we really had a great quality of life. Um, just even silly things like we unlimited fresh strawberries. Like we. Oh yeah, we figured that out. Yeah, we figured that out. Like I, I know it sounds crazy, but we love strawberries, and it's impossible to find fresh strawberries in Medellin. They're all like picked way too ripe, and we found they're picked way too early. Way, yeah. way too early. Sorry, not way too ripe. Way too early. Way too green. Um, and, and so I was looking through this, and honestly, aside from a couple things, even Carrie doing the handstand. Remember? Oh a yeah. Year ago, you were oh, like, oh yeah, I thought oh. that that was like an angel dream. Like, oh my god, if I could do a handstand. Now I'm like doing. You're just crushing your handstands like yeah. left and right. So, so I, I guess I just wanted to close with the high five that when we look at the vision that we sort of painted for ourselves last year and what we did, it just happened to be one of those years that was like, you know, 98% of what we wanted, we got. So high five. High five for you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please make sure you subscribe to our channel to get more updates whenever we post podcasts or new videos. And um, yeah, let us know about your year in review in the comments. Are you planning on doing one this year? What are your career wins and losses and personal wins and losses? Uh, We will see you in the comments.